Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I would like to begin by paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I am coming to you from today. Land where at brainwaves we tell our stories, and land where the traditional custodians have told their stories for many, many years before us, and continue to tell their stories. I would like to pay my respects to Elders past and present, and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners who are listening today. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 855am on your dial, app, or via the online stream. My name is Flick Manning, and I'm thrilled to be bringing you part two of my interview with Simone Dow, guitarist from the band Voyager, who you may know from their recent time in the Eurovision 2023 competition, where they represented Australia and came in ninth place overall. In part one of my interview with Simone, we were talking about her experiences with chronic migraine disease and the mental health conditions that often coincide with a chronic health condition, as well as obviously talking about how music affects both her physical and mental health. Don't worry if you missed part one of the interview, it will be available to you shortly via the 3CR podcast page or via Spotify. For now, stay tuned for part two of this interview with Simone Dow. What a lot of people might not realise is touring Australia is actually friggin' worse than doing international. Like, I don't know about you, but does flying irritate your um, health issues oh, as well? Massively. Because it does me. Like, I'm just, like, if I'm on a plane longer than three hours, it's just like, I'm going to have a bad time. Like, yeah. you're just you're stuck in this position like this. <laughs> Reps Horace Cabin, Merrimick. <laughs> pressure stuff that is terrible for the neurological condition you know you're putting that stress stress on the body then on top of that in australia you have to fly everywhere when you go to europe or america you can go on a bus with beds so you can sleep and rest and do things you don't do that and you're okay left curse at 8 a.m and it's now two and we have to go straight to the venue oh <laughs> that's rough the guys now of what we do now, and and yeah, this costs money. Like this is the thing to to, to accommodate me because they don't want to like they want me to stay in the band. We now go like a day earlier. Granted, the guys are getting older now, and they're like happy to do that as well <laughs> because they're feeling it now. Getting older, they're like, yeah, I can't freaking do what I used to do in my twenties. I'm like, yeah, well, add that and a condition. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Join the, <laughs> join in the party, guys. Welcome in over here. Yeah. So we have to go. We go go early, and you know, we we plan it so that there's adequate sleep as you can get because, you know, there's compromise. I have to compromise, but with every compromise that I do or every extra hour that I exert myself, I need to understand that there's a there's a toll a toll to pay. And the more I do that for now, like if I go for uh, like Eurovision, for example, was insane for one thing. It, it actually clarified and, and solidified for me that I could not be famous and I could not operate at that level. The first four weeks were fine. We had like, you know, busy, busy two days and then like maybe three or four days off where I could rest and recover in that. That last two weeks was just like media onslaught. 
it wasn't even the rehearsals and stuff with, with that was that was killing me. Yeah, it was the media and trying. Once your brain fog and everything starts kicking in, you start getting like speech issues and like I'd have to go to the guys like, um, just yeah, uh, there's nothing coming out or words are coming out all jumbled. You guys can talk and talk for me. Like mum, mum was telling me she had people coming up going, "Why is Sloane not doing as many interviews?" And I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, and I'm like. Because I was, I couldn't do all of them. And yeah. plus, everyone wants to speak to the front men and oh, see well. don't they? Like, they are literally centre stage, therefore every, everyone wants kind of the spotlight on them. So there's a lot of pressure on the person at the front. Yes. <laughs> no, it's it's not it's not easy. Like, um, yeah, I understand why people maybe don't get it, I guess, if you've never had any sort of pain conditions or health issues in your life. Yeah, I can understand why most people wouldn't understand and go, how do you do this? Or... I don't believe you or, you know, um, I get it, I guess. Um, my my mum even said the same because she's had to deal with it with both myself and my dad uh, because my dad was, was had chronic migraine, I mean, pretty much throughout my childhood when we came to Australia. So I don't think unless you live with someone with it or you know someone with it or um, you've gone through it yourself, you're just not going to understand it. But I just implore people to please <laughs> read the things that I'm sharing on online and, and try try to understand because, like, we're trying to, to fit in in a, a world that doesn't really accommodate us. We want to contribute. We don't, we don't want to be a burden on society. We don't want to be a burden on, on our loved ones. And we're trying our best, you know, so work with us. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I know exactly what you mean and I think that's such an incredibly good point because for people like yourself, you know, the, there is the mental health implications too that come with all of those questions and all of those biases and prejudiced sort of thoughts and the way that they approach things. I mean, they don't understand necessarily that it can really make your condition significantly worse. I mean, if you're already in a flare and you already really hit that mental health low, and then you've got people sort of questioning the validity of your symptoms, your diagnosis, the way you're approaching it, what you can and can't do, that just sort of buries you deeper into the hole. Yep. So, you know, a little, a little bit of empathy and maybe a little bit of self-education for those of you who have got access to Google. Um, type some things into Dr. Google and just get yourself slightly more educated, folks. I think you'll find that <laughs> there's a whole world of experience out there. Exactly. Simone, so alongside the fact that, you know, you're in a progressive metal band, you're in Perth, you know, it's a, it's a thriving but very small, very kind of integrated arts and music scene. But as well as that, you're also the only female in the band. So when it comes to communicating and sort of working through these physical and mental health conditions that you have got, have you felt any additional pressure or any, I mean, difference in the way that you need to kind of handle that both with the band itself and also publicly? With the band, look, it's probably, I'm lucky that I'm, I've been in this band for a very long time. Uh, I joined Voyager in December 2005, just to, to give everyone an idea of how long I've been playing playing with them. So I'm very fortunate that they've kind of, like, we grew up together, so they have seen that natural, I don't want to use the word progression, because it's not really progression, is it? It's like more like regression. <laughs> Evolution, adaptation. Regression of my health. No, they've, they've seen it. Like, they've seen me when I've had my ups and downs, and they know me, you know, they've known me since I was 
17. Yeah, I'm 30, 39 now this year in October. So, you know, they've had that beauty of, of going through that with me. Um, so I haven't really had to, I mean, I guess being more open about it because I would try and obviously keep a lot of that to myself. I, like I've never really been comfortable with showing my vulnerable side. Um, I don't, I always was worried about it being like a sign of weakness when I was um, younger. And I'm not feeling so much that way as I'm getting older now. I understand now. It's like, well, if I don't tell people, then who's they're not going to know. Like, <laughs> I can't expect people to understand if I'm just going to you know, try and carry the whole world on my shoulders. And so um, I have been a little bit more open and honest about it probably in the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely helped. But I'm very lucky. Honestly, I'm so lucky to be in the band with the guys that I am. They're just four incredibly unique and beautiful human beings um who just get it um but yeah the public that's been a little bit harder um i remember once we were (laughs) we did a show in prague i think it was and this was that tour where i told you i was like not good and i was like thinking about leaving the band and, and things like that and I basically nearly collapsed after playing the gig and the guys had to kind of carry me out to the, the van and put me in the bus and help me take my meds and go to sleep. And there was a fan there complaining. He's like, Wait, where does she want? Where did, why is she not here? And I'm like, Daddy's like, oh, she's, she's got a, you know, she's real bad. She's got a migraine. But he goes, women, always problem. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, wow. Like, and he's like, no, she has a complex neurological disability. <laughs> it's like not not a <laughs> wow. Like, oh my god! But yeah, it's hard because there's expectations, like you said, like you're not there. They're like, well, why aren't you there? Yeah, I paid this money. Why aren't you there? So that's another reason why I've kind of had to get out of my comfort zone and start being a bit more vocal and vulnerable and sort of throwing myself out there on my socials a little bit more about it uh, and you probably noticed that if you've been looking at my so I never used to really talk about it as much it's really really only been in the last sort of five or six years that I've kind of went I'm going to start actually sharing some more things from other pages and talking about it and doing um, I sometimes do like Q&As and things on my Instagram just for anyone that's got questions and things like that and and that's actually been incredible. Like we did um, VIP meet and greets on our last Australian tour and the amount of people that I had coming up to me that had disabilities and, and chronic health diseases and things like that that were just like, you're inspiring me to, to push myself. Like I've started playing music again and I'm, I'm like doing better now. I'm getting out and doing things or, you know, I had problems socialising. Now I'm like out talking. I'm at a gig. I never thought I'd be at a gig talking to people. And so... That in itself is that fulfillment is just you can't put a price on that. Like it's like that for me. It's been probably the most moving part of of doing all of this and, and being more o- uh, open and honest is like the fact that I know that I'm making a difference and helping make a difference with other people. Um, you know, if I can help someone else not go through the crap that I went through and try and navigate their way around it, then yeah, I, that's great. That that that's the dream, really. How beautiful to have people come up to you in that way. It's so surprising even I think to all of us in the community when we put ourselves out there in some way and then we realize there are just so many people like us living in the world just trying to 
get through the day, work out how they can navigate the world. And um, that representation just means everything. It just yeah. means so much to people. So I applaud you for doing that because I know how how much work it takes on yourself to be able to actually be comfortable with the uncomfortable act of your vulnerability. So you're doing a very, very, very good job. That summed up perfectly. <laughs> now, so in addition to that, I know that we kind of, again, with all these sort of health conditions, and I know I want to, I specifically wanted to touch on this because it is something that you do talk about a little bit more. And it comes up a lot with chronic illness, but also with mental health, because everything's connected to everything else when it comes to mind and body, as you and I well know. But when you've got one condition, you very often have got other conditions, you've used, or you collect them along the way, like this sort of trailer oh, of sort of piles <laughs> up behind you, you know, like, get another it's like, syndrome, act that, pop that in. Yeah, but it's a, you're not like, um, you know, you're not actually advocating for the collection. It's like it's just dumped on you. Yes, and like, you know, your parents are like, oh, I've got this stuff I'm getting rid of. We're like, you might want this. And they're like offloading this crap onto you. You're like, I don't have any room in my house for this. Why are you giving this to me? Why didn't you just put it in the bin? <laughs> Recycle it. Yeah. Um, yes, exactly that. That's kind of more what it's like rather than. Yeah, it's not sort of like this fun thing that you look at and you think, oh, that would be nice. I'll keep no, that goes straight to the pool room. It's not that kind no. of collection. It's more of just, you know, oh, great. Thank you for that genetic load of stuff. Yeah. Also <laughs> down there. So I fully get that. But we talk about sort of those comorbidities. And then I think that's where the mental health part starts to become a bigger feature because you're not just sort of able to deal with one condition siloed and then look at the mental health as this completely other separate thing when you've got all these additional comorbidities there's so much more crossover they start to affect each other way way more so I know you've talked about um, PCOS and other things like that so can you take us through a little bit more about what some of those comorbidities are for you and how you felt that relationship between the additional things appearing and your mental health kind of coming into play oh look there's plethora of other crappy symptoms and conditions that kind of tack on, particularly when you're a woman, sadly. I, I think, I'll, I can't remember what the stat is, but I mean, migraine disease in itself is more, it's predominant in in females. So, um, and so it's obviously something to do with it, the estrogen and things like that. So it kind of makes sense to me now I think about it, you know, you go, okay, I've got PCOS. Um, <laughs> you know, of course it's going to, affect my head as well because it's hormonal like you know it's like you've, you've got an imbalance of your hormones so it's going to throw everything out of whack um then you've got your anxiety and depression on top of that 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 comes along I mean I you know that's I've always kind of had to live with but it's definitely been exacerbated with um being in pain and and not being able to do things and the limitations of your body um but the other thing is is like all the Migraine disease in itself comes with um, like fibromyalgia, like symptoms and things like that as well. Um, my my neurologist recently just sort of diagnosed that I've I've got fibro on it, and he's like, "That's a common common thing." I mean, just they go hand in hand basically. So I'm basically dealing with sort of um, allodynia, which is like, is it like hard to explain explain and describe to people? But it's like your skin basically hurts. Uh, <laughs> So if someone touches you, you know, and it's funny enough, it kind of 
presents in different areas sometimes. Like sometimes it's my back, sometimes it's my um, I can't touch my hair. Like brushing your hair just hurts. <laughs> People are probably listening to this going, what the hell? Um, but yeah, sometimes literally just brushing your hair or touching your hair is like, it feels like pins and needles and electric shocks just being sent through your entire body. Um, and it's agony going in the shower, which showers for me are like my safe place when I'm like feeling sick. But the first like three minutes when I'm in the shower, when I'm feeling like that is like agony because it's like the water hitting my body is just like, (laughs) 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 knowing that. I completely oh, relate. Oh. So, you know, you've got that. You've got nerve and joint pain, like um, um, like aches and pains that are, like, worse than normal um, that they can't explain. You know, you get tests done and they're like, no, 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 it's not, it's not neuropathy, so it must be fibro. Like, that's what they kind of throw at you. And just, like, um, the other one that's been sort of popping up that's been the hardest um, in more recent years has been, like, um the brain fog and um speech issues and cognitive sort of issues like i find it very hard sometimes to you probably notice it when you're listening to the interview finally enough is like words come out wrong or i I can't think of what i'm trying to say the word won't come to me things won't come to me sometimes i just go completely blank as well and completely forget what i was talking about um that's been the thing the symptoms that have been the worst i think as i've been getting older um, that have been kind of quite confronting for me because it's scary. You're just talking and then you go, the hell was I talking about? <laughs> you, yeah. I don't know if you've had that before. It's oh, like yes. petrifying sensation. You're just like, well, like depersonalization where you just like can feel like you're having an out-of-body experience, just like where, who, who am I? Like what am I doing? Like, oh, it's just wacky. So I don't think people realize that all of that comes along with it as well particularly with migraine because it is just not I don't think doctors and health professionals have done such a great job of explaining what goes with it because everyone just you know you see the ads on tv the panadol extra or whatever it is now like when I've got a migraine headache and he's in the kitchen like doing all this fast-paced stuff to it I pop two of these and I'm fine I'm like yeah that that is like candy to me no it's unrealistic or, or maybe it is a it's a mild migraine. Some people do have it milder and they can function a little bit better. But most of us know, you know. So there's, it's just trying to undo all of that. It's been hard as well, and so that people can see, like, no, there are other there are other like comorbidities that are just like constantly being thrown at you on a daily basis, um, and that then one symptom might be worse one day, and then it's fine the next day, and then this symptom freaking kicks up the next day and you're like and it's hard to keep yourself in that positive mindset to kind of to push through it but I think the the best way to do it is uh, actually trying to be as regimented as possible have a routine as much as possible and that's just so hard in this in this day and age having a routine where I'm gonna go to bed at this time and get up at this time and eat at this time and do this and only have this much of this and avoid this. I mean, it's, it's, it's nearly impossible now, but that's that's what you've, you've got to try and attempt to do to, to, to get through it. I think by the way that you're explaining it, you're, you're sort of showing how much it actually encompasses. It's not linear. It's not straightforward. It's not just one thing. It is everything. There is not a single thing in your life that isn't affected. We are like this permanently analyzing machine 
kind of making our way through the world. And, and I think also brain fog comes up a lot. So lucky that I've got friends that understand. I'll be talking about, yeah, that's gone. <laughs> <laughs> just try to laugh about it now because if you don't, like, you just you cry, you know, you find the silver linings in these things. Yeah, uh, exactly. And it's funny that you, you talk about, like, us overanalyzing and things like that, and it's hard because you're trying not to do too much of that at the same time. have to think about it but not stress about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Simone, it's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you for providing such wonderful advocacy and representation to women in music especially, but also to people with chronic illness and mental health because it's something we need to continue to represent and talk about. And again, just at a personal level, I'm so thrilled to see everything that you are doing and I will absolutely always be cheering you on. But I also have to mention before we go that you've got this fabulous album that has come out now on the back of Eurovision. Um, fearless in love it is epic i hope that people are going and buying the album the reviews look amazing so incredible on that so everyone listening go out and get the album but also excitingly you guys have actually got a couple of tours coming up you've got an australian tour but you're also doing europe as well i believe so run us through that We've already announced the Europe tour. That's happening next month, um, starting off in Cologne at Euroblast Festival on the 1st of October. We're going to be away for about three weeks, going all over the place, um, like France, we're going to Germany, we're going to Netherlands, we're going to Hungary, we're going to oh, Austria and UK. I mean, I'm probably missing tons. There's Poland. There's a whole heap of other places. Um, if you go on to our socials, um, both the bands, Voyager Australia or Voyager AU, you will see all the dates on there and you can grab your tickets. Um, we will, we've actually announced VIP packages um, so people can now get VIP tickets. They want to do a meet and greet with us uh, in Europe because we had a lot of demand after doing it in Australia. Um, so we were just, we are going to answer your prayers and do that for you in the UK and Europe. So amazing. Um, then we are going to do a big Australian album launch tour in February next year. This is going to be the biggest tour we've ever done. Off the back of Eurovision, we are now able to sort of play some larger venues. I believe it starts on the 3rd of February in Perth at Metro City. <laughs> Excited. I can't believe I'm going to be playing Metro City. So I it's so cool. So for anyone that's listening from Perth will understand the importance of that moment. I've played it there as a support. I've never headlined my own show at Metro City. So that is like a huge bucket list item. We're absolutely thrilled. Yes, there will be VIP available meet and greets on that as well. The mantra is we take out, we take the music seriously, but not ourselves. Love that. These are things that you have been working towards, as you said, since about, what, 2005 when you joined the band. So yep. this is a long time coming. It is so thrilling to see your band get its, you know, just desserts, getting getting the accolades, getting people's attention. Again, plugging, fearless in love. Get the album, get your tickets, get your merch, get behind local music. Again, Simone, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on and sharing this experience. It's been such a thrill to talk to you again after all these years. And um, thanks for being on Brainwaves today. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And also, just a quickly, if anyone ever has any questions around migraine disease, my social media is always open. And the final reminder, as always, is that your mental health is of equal importance to your physical health. So if you are yet to do so today, please bring them into alignment now with a lovely deep inhale 
a big exhale. And remember to shower yourself with the kindness that you so easily give to others. I look forward to joining you next time on Brainwaves. If you're wrestling with feelings of anxiety, worry and depression or finding the current social isolation measures hard to deal with, we would like to encourage you to call Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are seeking information about mental health or mental health services or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. If you feel it would be helpful to talk to someone about these issues during this difficult period, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 111500. That's 1300 111500. Wellways supports 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.